Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I think LA has so many advantages. I think the community here is amazing. I've met so many amazing founders who are kind of like doing it their way. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech community shout out goes to Jeff Lappin. Jeff, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Jeff is an angel investor and president of Tech Coast Angels, empowering Los Angeles to continue to be a top startup city. Be sure to say hello to Jeff on social. That's J-E-F-F, last name L-A-P-I-N, and tell him you found him via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. I launched a YouTube channel. Okay, so what success looks like to me in today's personal spot is success looks like consistency? Am I being consistent each day, each week, each month, each year? I can't control the outcome. I can only do my best to control how I show up. And consistency is hard. I'm like a butterfly doing a million things and have so many different places I can go and things to do and opportunities to explore. And consistency, sometimes a week goes by and you're like, how did everything on my to-do list not get done? And so in launching this YouTube channel, the reason why I want to explore a YouTube channel, and I don't know if I'll stick with it or not stick with it, because if it's not right for me, it's not right for me, but at least I want to give it a shot. I want to give it a try. And because I think it would be great, the YouTube channel I'm creating is to help other people create podcasts like I've created podcasts. And I think it will be a cool experiment and something really helpful. Right now, I think I'm up to like 77 subscribers, which is really exciting. I'm going to do a big, sexy Instagram story post or whatever when I hit to 100. And I've heard even large creators like Mr. Beast and other people say it was like PewDiePie say it was a lot more exciting when they got their first 100 than when they got their first 10 million. So I really want to enjoy this time where it's new and exciting and just kind of see what I see and share my journey along the way. 
the YouTube channel is just under Spree Devora. I feel like if you search Spree Devora, there's not an easy way to find it at the moment. So you just search Spree Devora. Maybe it will come up. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Please don't start cyber stalking me. But yeah, I'm excited. It's been fun. Maybe if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see me post about it in my Instagram stories. And that's just at Esprit Devora. Do you have a YouTube channel? If you do, let me know. Shoot me a message on social or an email at Esprit at hey.com and let me know what your YouTube channel is so I could check it out. All right. Enjoy the next episode. We are LA Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech talent and companies. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Brentwood. Welcome, <laughs> Sabina, to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So go ahead to kick things off. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sabina Suri, and I am co-founder and chief strategy officer here at BoxBox. I started this company when I was 23 years old with two co-founders, and we've been kind of rocking and rolling ever since, and I absolutely love what I do. And walk us through your company. What does it do? Yeah, absolutely. So we are an e-commerce gifting company. Um, Essentially, we sell ready-to-ship boxes curated around different themes for any occasion, like birthday, baby, new job, housewarming, you name the milestone, we have a gift for it. We were the first to build a platform called Build a Box Box that lets you pick your own products and really customize every single gift to the recipient and the relationship. And then we also do bulk corporate gifting as well. So tons of gifting for like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, law firms, medical firms, all the different companies as well. Share with us how a gifting company is a tech company. We consider ourselves really a consumer services company. So we're really using the power of technology to actually make gifting relevant to the modern customer and really kind of using all the amazing things that technology has brought us to bring this age-old art of gifting into the modern era. Can you walk us through that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, some different ways we're doing that. You know, one is just the fact that we're hosted on Shopify and we're really kind of like e-commerce enabled. Our whole goal with starting BoxBox was how can we take the brick and mortar experience that we're all kind of like, some people, it's a love-hate. Some people love gifting because they love going to all these different stores and putting together the perfect gift. Some people hate it and, you know, want to avoid that at all costs. Either way, we wanted to take that experience and really mimic it for like the online world. So like, how could we create kind of a digital storefront um, and then use technology to serve better products to our customers, truly like be that go-to for gifting for them um, across all the different touch points. And Shopify is a company that took off a long time ago and really has empowered a lot of people to go online and be digital with their commerce. Can you walk us through your relationship with Shopify? How has Shopify essentially been a mentor and a guide, like the resources they have or the team or the technology empowering you to have an e-commerce business? 
Totally. I mean, I'm the biggest Shopify super fan out there. <laughs> I recommend it to anybody starting a new business, not sponsored, but I love Shopify. <laughs> I think for we've had us, Shopify on the show. So oh, it's, amazing. it's all yeah. good. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, truly, I think less about we're on Shopify plus. So we definitely have access to kind of like mentors and like a Shopify expert essentially who can like help us with little nuances and challenges. But I think the best thing about Shopify is it's literally like plug and play. So you have an idea and you could have your website up that same day if you wanted, you know, pull an all nighter, I don't know, and have it up. But I think that like really it's enabled anybody to truly use the power of technology and the power of digital to power an idea. And I think for us specifically, the all the different kind of like plugins and things that we've figured out to like customize um, Shopify to work for our specific business use case has been amazing. And they just have like such an amazing kind of like array of apps you can sort of um, build on top of. Okay. So you mentioned you're a part of Shopify Plus. What is that? And is that something if we're looking to have an e-commerce business that we should really consider to make our journey a little bit easier? Yeah. So we started just on Shopify regular, no plus, and that was perfect for us for the first honestly, five to six years of our business, we were approached by Shopify around year six based on our revenues and kind of like how we were using the platform. They're obviously always looking at store performance and things like that. They asked whether we wanted to upgrade to Shopify Plus. So it's associated with the higher monthly cost. I don't have all the specs, but I do know that kind of the benefit is you have access to kind of like an expert at all times and they really kind of bring new Shopify Shopify innovations and tweaks and nuances to you. So it's a little bit more of a strategic partnership in that way. Um, it's really based on revenues and whether you actually really are going to be able to use the full suite of technology. I know one thing is like the checkout is liquid. So you're able to really customize the checkout experience, which might not be as important to you in year one through three of your business. But you know, by year five, you're very in the weeds on stuff like that. So that's one example. It's just more customizable. So like we've been able to really tailor a lot more of like our templates with like, you know, order notifications and all the different like email templates as well through Shopify, uh, you get more customer data as well. So you're able to kind of get a deeper look into your customers. And then there are certain uh, Shopify apps that only can be integrated with Shopify plus as well. When you first started, first of all, what inspired this idea? And then what's the difference? What was life like at year one? And what is life like now? I think that's very interesting how things change so greatly, but we can't plan for them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, absolutely. Um, so we started the company really based on personal experience. And who's um, we? Sorry. So it's myself, Sabina, and then my co-founders, Jenny and Chelsea. So I'm chief strategy officer. Jenny is chief operating officer and Chelsea is CEO. So that's the trio. We all started um, when I was 23, they were 22. So kind of like fresh out of college. It was a side hustle and just like a project that we were all working on while working other jobs, which I'm happy to get into that balance as well. Um, But we kind of just... 
it was personal experience. You know, we had actually like a mutual friend who was in the hospital and she, we couldn't get to her, you know, because we were working these crazy hours and there were all, she was far, it was like LA traffic, all the things. And so we wanted to send her kind of like a care package that was a lot more meaningful than just, you know, flowers, which love flowers, but, you know, they weren't going to help her in her kind of like recovery or chocolate, which, you know, obviously you might not want to send somebody recovering food and things like that. And we just couldn't find something that was like up to our taste, up to our standards. And honestly, kind of like this perfect compilation of products that if we had the time, we would be putting together ourselves, Um, you know, maybe a notebook, socks, you know, a book to read while kind of like sitting in in the hospital room, something encouraging, uh, like a crystal, like things like that. And so we, we just felt like there was this hole in the market and we, we were super excited about filling it. And once kind of that moment happened, there were just so many other signs, like a friend getting married across the country or like, a friend getting promoted and just being like, this would be the perfect time to send something that is really kind of like time appropriate and also like beautifully presented and functional. I know who's going to be buying something when we get off of this interview. <laughs> I actually just I had it. I had a friend who just had surgery, so I'm like, "Oh my god, what do I do for yeah. her? What do I do for her?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah we have a we have a heel box that's amazing, and it's really like we've always had it because it's kind of like an ode to our origin story." So, okay, year one versus year seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did it look like in year one, and what does it look like in year seven, and? Also, part B of that question, what catapulted your initial growth? Because for you to be in business for seven years is outstanding. So thank you. Yeah. Through that time, what was like that moment where like, oh, I think we're going to make it. Mm, I love that question. Um, I would say year one was all hands on deck, you know, no real dividing of responsibilities. Like everyone, aka the three of us, were doing everything at all times. And so it was just, you know, get the ball rolling, like everybody, you know, lots of all nighters, lots of like, just long hours, nights and weekends, everything was about kind of like, how can we launch this? And we always joke, we're like, we're all like type A, like kind of like, nerdy students, like kind of thing. Like back then, we were like, we were those kids that would like, you know, go in high school, like be at the library at all hours and wake up early to study for something. So we knew we were all wired a certain way, which made year one stressful, but also made it feel like we were all in that kind of mindset and that mode. Year seven is wildly different. I mean, we have very clear divisions of like roles and responsibilities based on like what, you know, each of us is our roles are defined as. We are, I would say, there's certain decisions that we've said, okay, these are always going to be co-founder, like trio decisions. And we've been able to kind of like maintain that kind of unilateral, like partnership structure in those ways. But I think overall, we've been able to also say like, okay, here's Sabina's real strengths and weaknesses, or here's, you know, her strengths, we're going to allow her to lead that team in this way and and Jenny and Chelsea as well. Um, So it feels very different, I would say. And, And, you know, we have a team. So like, we're not just relying on ourselves to do everything we can delegate, which is huge. And that's been a lesson. I think for us, what really catapulted our success was we 
did it in our own way and we were actually really deliberate and like kind of building something slowly. So we've actually, we're completely bootstrapped. So we've never taken outside funding. And I think part of that is we've just always said like, we're going to do this as authentically as we can. And Mm -hmm. so like, even from the beginning, it was like, we've made decisions, like we've never outsourced our fulfillment. So we actually own all of our own fulfillment. And so we have our own warehouse. We're actually moving into another warehouse. Like we want to control like the fulfillment because we see that our product and service as one and they're linked you know, we have done things that don't scale, I should say. Like I always tell people, like we, we've handwritten our notes from the beginning on every single order. We, you know, build a box box is very complicated in terms of like inventory and all the different permutations of, of what you can send. But we have been like, that's really important to our business. And we're going to figure out how to scale customization. So just things that kind of, I think other businesses would say like, that's not going to enable us to like grow at the speed that we want. We've been like, that's okay. Because we know that we're building something kind of for the long haul and something that Mm. we feel really like connected to and want to build deliberately. And I think customers like our loyalty is amazing. And like our retention is amazing because customers see that and they they know that like we're a brand that they can trust and isn't just kind of like a flash in the pan how did the three of you meet let's rewind yeah so we all went to school in la so i was at usc and they were at ucla um but i met chelsea um at our first job we were working at ogilvy the agent the ad agency um and i was assigned to be her big buddy like kind of take her to lunch show her the ropes and we just became fast friends um and then i moved on to another ad agency but we stayed in touch her and jenny went to ucla together we're in uh, the same sorority and when we just all kind of started becoming friends. And Mm -hmm. then when this idea kind of happened, we were like, we should do this together. So it was kind of natural, but I will say what was really interesting about our dynamic is we weren't just like three best friends coming together, starting something. I think, you know, the two of them were obviously very close, but I was a little bit more of like a professional connection at the time. Obviously fast forward, we are like best friends, but I think I always give people the advice like, it's okay to go into business with your friends. Like I think it can work really well and there's so many pros, but I think there's something to be said of like, can you kind of form a friendship through a professional relationship? Because that's like best case scenario, I think. I mean, having three business partners is difficult if you don't mind me getting, um, you know, personal for a moment, but I've had several business partners in my different companies. So I know what goes into that kind of relationship. I think something that would be really empowering for everybody listening is what have been the most difficult moments in a trio business partnership that you've successfully overcome and how did you Mm -hmm. overcome that? And then what's one of the biggest advantages that maybe we wouldn't think of? Yeah, totally. I think to start with sort of a challenge, I think honestly, it's interesting. Like our dynamic has been so positive. Like I'm not just saying that I, no, I believe give people you. advice. <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, you know, we really, really lucked out. I feel like probably the biggest challenge is when you have such an open and kind of like positive relationship, it's harder to hold people accountable for like 
kind of dropping the ball and not pulling their weight as much. So like we've been doing this for close to eight years now. And it's sort of like, you know, we have so much respect for each other and we know so much about each other's personal and professional kind of like strengths, weaknesses, lives, you know, in those moments where it's like, Hey, you know, you're not delivering on this or you're just like clearly distracted. And I know why, you know, maybe you're having issues at home or you just got a new pet or like all these number of things. There's no like secrets, but it's also the flip side of that is it can be harder to kind of lay down the hammer because you're like, I know the full context and I also love you as a human. So how do I kind of broach that kind of line, if that makes sense? Um, I mean, I think you said something really important there. Something I actually, it continues to come up in my group therapy is (laughs) having context and compassion and a sense of curiosity when communicating with others. And that's what you said. You're like... I know where you're coming from. I know your intent. So I'm going to think about how to be compassionate about where you're at rather than making judgment. And I believe you, there's luck involved, but I also think there's probably really core elements to your three personalities that work together. Mm -hmm. And yes, it was luck that maybe brought the three right personalities together, but there's still core elements that, make it work. What would you say when someone's looking for a business partner, which so many people, now there's like so many apps even where you could swipe to find business partners. (laughs) Totally. Like what kind of characteristics should they be looking for? And I could say in in my case with with my old business partner who became a really good friend of mine, our deep respect for one another was so profound that even when we hated one another because there was like shit going awry for some reason, we would just never hurt one another because we had so much respect. So even on a bad day, we wouldn't do anything malicious. I mean, I don't think either he or I are malicious people, but you know, there wasn't anything out of spite. There wasn't anything to cause the other person grief. It was just showing up to one another with respect and also being really honest if it's like, I do not like you today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) You have to be able to have the kind of like awkward, weird conversations, which to that point that I was making earlier, like it can be hard to do. I think that that's definitely like number one for us too, is total respect uh, for each other's like beings, but also like what we're bringing to the table. Like, can I respect like your ideas and kind of like your strengths and weaknesses and make sure that I'm allowing those things to come through and to shine and all of that. I mean, I think another thing, honestly, it's so much like a marriage and like so much like literally like the parallels are crazy, but I think you have to really want the same things. Like you have to have the same vision. And I think sometimes you don't even know what that is when you're starting out. But I I would say if I were to go back in time, and again, we lucked out on this front because we are very aligned on that page. But I think I would ask from the beginning, like, what is your vision for this company? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you see, where do you see it going? How do you see that fitting into your day-to-day life today? How do you see it fitting into your day-to-day life in two years, five years, 10 years? And again, things change, people evolve, like you can't predict the future, but I think having those conversations and forcing the exercise of like, how can we kind of like map this out? Because Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that it's like, oh, I don't want those things. That's not what I want for my life. And that's a very easy way to be like, all right, well, we're not aligned. And that that one conversation will probably, you know, 
if you don't have it, it's just going to come up all the time in different forms. Totally. It's a lot like a marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> it's a lot like a marriage. If one person wants kids and the other person doesn't want kids, that's going to be not going to work. Yeah. And, and what's so funny about that is like, you're like, in theory, you're like, how much is that really going to come up? But ironically, like, it comes up at every juncture. Like, it's like, it always comes back to the same core issue, right? Like, same way that like, oh, well, we said we were gonna, you know, fundraise or not. And it's like, somehow that just will keep coming to a head at any decision point, like more often than you would think. So I think just being aligned. And you've had the company for a few years now. I think, did you say five years? Um, we So we started at the beginning of 2014, officially launched end of 2014. So it's actually been a, a little over seven. So I'm curious, starting out at 22, 23, I started as a young 20-something entrepreneur as well. So I get it. But I didn't have business partners at the time in that way. <laughs> How do you all grow together? I'm curious, like, because you've changed as women. What has that been like growing up in this, yeah. I don't know, in this like cool, unique partnership? Yeah, totally. is, is there something yeah. to that? There's so much to that. I mean, I think it's been, to me, like the greatest experience of my life. Like I couldn't have imagined a different kind of experience for myself. I feel like, you know, we've definitely grown like we think about, we've talked about this so much, but it's like all the people that we've dated, like all the like, you know, life experiences that we've had. And I think having box box to like ground us in a way, like as, you know, as much as it's shifted and changed in certain ways, like we've always kind of like come back to the business, even at times where other things in our lives are like feeling uprooted and crazy and kind of chaotic. And also we've come back to like our partnership, both professionally and personally. So it's been to me a really grounding force. And like, um, I think that speaks to, again, like how lucky I am to have such great business partners. But I think it's also been really interesting to like look at, yeah, the like my personal growth and like all the things that I've sort of, experienced in tandem with like this business going in a different, in a, in a direction. So yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> How many people are on your team? Um, we have 55 employees right now. Holy moly. I was about to say <laughs> yeah. the other word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's insane. Yeah. Pretty wild when I think about just the three of us in an apartment starting this company. So yeah, it's definitely um, surreal sometimes. What? inspired the name box fox honestly there's no great story to it it's just we were just it's a cool name thank you we we loved we wanted the word box to be in it because we knew gift boxes were going to be integral um and then we were just kind of playing on like what could be fun like iconography like what could be like kind of Mm. fun and playful and like for us foxes are like so fun and like so like playful and curious Mm -hmm. and clever and like we just like that so it's been really cool for like our branding because we've been able to do like you know Mm -hmm. one of our taglines is like you lucky fox and like we put that in like different language and it's just fun and we call our loyalty program the fox fleet so it's just like fun to have that as like a part of the brand you and at least one of your other co-founders, is it both your, no, I think just one of your other co-founders both had ad agency experience. Was it both of yeah. them or just one? Um, myself and Chelsea both did. Yeah. And 
how did that ad agency experience play into serving your company? And that was very short lived, by the way. You're like, and totally. peace out to like normal jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I worked in agencies. I, you know, even in the short time, I worked at three different agencies and Chelsea worked at two. And really, like, I, the experience was amazing. I think there were so many things that I learned. I think and one they weren't just was... any ad agency, it was like the top <laughs> ad agencies in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they were no amazing. I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, I feel like I learned, I mean, so many things, I think how to be really buttoned up because we were client facing and it was always like, you know, thinking about everything through a client lens, like who is the end person that's going to be looking at this email, this deck, like anything. So it was always about like putting your best foot forward in a professional setting. I met amazing people, like obviously met Chelsea through agency world, but also like made so many other friends and connections who have supported Box Fox along the way and like allowed us to kind of like, honestly, like sent our holiday catalog and like we've gifted, you know, all the employees through just like those personal oh, nice. connections, yeah. things like that. Also, I think just like the design sensibility, like I learned like Keynote is like such a big part of our business, just literally like <laughs> Keynote, the, the, you know, the um, application and like we, the power, not the, PowerPoint, yeah. the PowerPoint competitor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and like I, everything we do is in Keynote. And that was like from the beginning, because I was like, I love Keynote. So we're going to be like a keynote type of company and like it's been like like being able to like lead with design a little bit has been huge for us so so many things but I think those are like three I would think of so cool so cool your story is very exciting are you from Los Angeles um I'm actually originally from the Bay Area a suburb an hour south of San Francisco and are your co-founders from Los Angeles because you have two co-founders Yes. One is from Whittier um, and one is actually from NorCal as well from Half Moon Bay. And what inspired you to move to Los Angeles? Came here for school in 2008. I went to USC. Why build your company here in LA versus going back to the Mecca of Northern California where everybody thinks that's where the whole world happens? Totally. I think LA has so many advantages. I think the community here is amazing. I've met so many amazing founders who are kind of like doing it their way and not necessarily like the VC funded, you know, and, and there is a lot of VC here too, but just doing kind of carving their own path, kind of building their own thing and doing it in a beautiful setting like LA. That is just, I mean, it's hard to match. <laughs> I've heard it from a lot of guests that they feel LA is a very collaborative city, unlike other cities. Would you say the same thing? I would absolutely say that. I think everybody here wants to see everyone else succeed. It's really doesn't feel sharky and competitive. I've met so many founders, specifically female founders who are just like killing it on their own terms. And it never feels like it's this kind of like shark, you know, type of environment. And um, I really love it. And I think it's a really great place to build a company. Are there any resources specifically in LA accelerators or incubators that you've accessed during the growth of Box Fox in order to propel the three of you forward? Yeah, one that comes to mind is um, Women Founders Network. And so I did um, a pitch competition with them a couple of years ago. Um, just an amazing, you know, experience, specifically uh, learning how to create a really comprehensive and kind of bulletproof pitch deck and just getting great leadership training um, through that after the program as well. So I just 
really can't say enough good things about that. Um, and there've just been so many other kind of like meetups and organizations that I've been a part of that I think LA again is unique in, in offering. And where can we find out more about Women's Founder Network? I believe their website is just womenfoundersnetwork.com um, or just, I mean, you could find them on Google. And but well included in the show notes as well. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And where in LA are they based? They're based in, on the West side. Um, I believe, yeah. I, I mean, I think I, the pitch competition was at UCLA. So I think somewhere in that area. How was USC instrumental in leading to you becoming the business person you are today? Yeah. So I didn't study business at USC. I studied PR and that was kind of in the Annenberg school. So interestingly enough, it wasn't necessarily like the business coursework or anything like that. I think it was sort of the attitude that anything is possible and like really being like an expansive type of experience for me. Like I had come from the Bay Area that, you know, specifically my like schooling was very like linear and everything was like, you do this, this and this, and you, you get this kind of job. And I think USC had a lot of people, you know, pursuing all sorts of different things, whether it's entertainment, business, you know, PR, marketing, any of these different aspects. And I realized kind of the, the wealth of possibilities out there. And then secondly, just the connections, like I've made some amazing, amazing connections and friends, but also just like colleagues based on my time at USC too. Is there a LA tech talent or company that you've come across that has really impressed you? I've always really admired what Ritual has done and like what they're continuing to do. I feel like they're Ritual. completely Ritual. Yeah. I think they're doing such a good job with their marketing and just all of that. So, so that's, you know, one brand that I admire that's in LA. And what does Ritual do? And um, they are a vitamin and supplement company. Nice. Do you know, how yeah. do you know where in LA they're based? I think they're in Playa Vista, if I'm not mistaken. And what is your favorite tool, website, software, mobile app? What's your fave? I'm currently honestly just loving my Apple watch. I got it <laughs> like six months ago. And like, honestly, I, I was kind of skeptical, but I feel like just being able to track my like daily, like walks and, and like workouts and stuff has been a game changer. So I love it. I was a hater, but I'm informed. <laughs> and also keynote. <laughs> Yes. Keynote is the, I guess, I guess I love Apple, which is like no surprise, but yeah, no, Keynote's great. On one of my interviews earlier in the week, she mentioned an app called Clue. Have you heard of Clue? I haven't. Okay. So it's a period tracker, but the thing that makes it like, whoa, to me is it tracks your emotions, meaning it can Mm. predict when you're going to be moody. Wow. That's really cool. I got it. I got to get that. And so she shares it with her partner. So her partner can like be more compassionate and understand what she's going through each month. I love that. And also like hint, hint, send me flowers. Honestly, maybe there's a box box collab in that somewhere. I got to think about that. I'm telling you, let's make it happen. Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So I am on Twitter. Um, just Sabina underscore Surrey. I'm pretty sure that's my username. Um, and then they can also email me at surrey.sabina at gmail.com or add me on LinkedIn too. And can you spell it for everybody too? Yeah. So Sabina, S-A-B-E-N-A. And my last name is Surrey, S-U-R-I. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more awesome people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Sabina Suri, co-founder and chief strategy officer at FoxBox. We are an e-commerce gifting company based in Brentwood. You're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freeberg. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.